0: Welcome back to 16, the podcast where we talk everything Apple with me, David Lewis. Well, I say we talk everything Apple. This week's podcast is just a little bit different and very, very special. Now, a few weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast and Travis MCP was a guest on it. And it got me thinking, I wonder if Travis would have time to come on and talk with us. And indeed he did. He was one of those gems of a guy, absolutely uh, true to his word. I sent him an email. Within about 10, 15 minutes, he got back to me and we arranged the interview. I sat down with him just a few days ago, earlier this week. And all of Minus 16 this week is me talking to the one and only Travis MCP. So Travis MCP is joining me on the show this week.
1: Travis, how the hell are you? I'm hanging in there, man. Doing good. Uh, you know, busy as always. How, uh, how are you? I'm doing fine. Well, yeah, trying to find my way in this uh, sea
0: of YouTube. It's a, we'll get on to that a little bit mm-hmm. later on. It's odd. Lovely, but odd, isn't it? All, all in one go. So what uh, first brought you around to YouTube? I know you've been on, on the channel on YouTube for around about four years now. And before that, you had a, a broadcast background anyway, either podcast or TV work, wasn't it? So what, why did you decide this is for me, this new venture is for me?
1: Well, uh, so back in twenty ten, twenty eleven, somewhere around around there, uh, I was doing a podcast uh it was fairly popular. I kind of dig dug it. It was really just uh mainly we me and my best friend. And at one point me and my brother, my best friend, just kind of a fun thing to do. I always felt like um I had a, a personality where I wanted to entertain people. So uh, I did that for a long time, but then I kind of got burned out. Mm-hmm. So I took time off. I had intended to take like four or five months off. It ended up being like seven years. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> became a thing. Um, but, uh, I also around that time went to the art Institute of Seattle where I um, studied video production. And, um, so I was always into, you know, video editing and that sort of thing. Um, and YouTube, you know, was always a thing that I would saw. And I was like, well, maybe if I come back, I'll, I'll try to do something there. And then briefly tried to bring the podcast to YouTube. Didn't really do anything. I didn't really understand YouTube at the time. Um, I just kind of was like, Oh, I think you just put videos on and it should work. I guess <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I like, guess it was just like twenty fifteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it didn't really work. So I just kind of was like, okay, whatever. And then um in twenty, I want to say late twenty seventeen, um, I was watching a lot of YouTube. I you know, I hadn't been watching a lot of YouTube previous to that, but I started watching a lot, especially because I was looking for reviews of things. <clears throat> and I came across a guy named uh, Gary everyday dad and he mm-hmm. has a like well at the cha- at the time he was doing like drone um that's right he started stuff. with cameras um, and things didn't he well b- before that he was doing like motorcycle stuff like he's done a lot of things his, yeah. his channel is really amazing because of how many times he's pivoted it's it's quite extraordinary but yeah at the time that i found him he was doing drones mm-hmm. and i was looking at drones like this is kind of cool and he uh he, i remember in january of the next year, twenty eighteen. Um, he said, you know, he did a video where he was like, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I've been doing this for a year and I have 10,000 subscribers. And previous to that, I remember thinking, there's no way that anyone who's on YouTube who isn't big can ever grow. Like, I was really convinced. And of course, I didn't know anything about it. I just was like, the only reason that YouTubers are big is because they're big, right? Or they were there early. And there's no way to start now. It's too much. Too, but that's because I, I wasn't educated, right? So when he said that, I kind of was an eye-opening moment because I was like, oh, 10,000 subscribers sounds like a lot. Like, that that seems reasonable. And if it's something that can be done in a year, I would be interested. And you know, that was kind of the thing where I'm like, I would, that would be a platform where I've always been kind of curious about. And if that's something like that's possible, then I would do it. And I remember leaving him a, a comment mm-hmm. on that video, which is still on there today. I was like, I'm going to try this. Like you've kind of inspired me to try this thing. So I gave myself a year um and, uh, i've talked about this on my channel in like some previous videos but i gave myself a year to get at least 10,000 subscribers and if i did not do that i was going to quit and delete the channel now knowing what i know now i probably would shouldn't have done that because it's a very hard thing to do oh, it's it not is. easy
0: yeah i mean those so metrics now it's not mean, a thing i mean something to me i don't yeah. think i would have realized quite what that number represents unless I tried it, which as you know, I'm in the process of endeavoring to do, but that is tough.
1: Yeah. And knowing what I know now, I would never tell anyone to do that, but I'm just that type of person where I know a couple of things about myself. Number one, I know I'll get obsessively uh, deep into the research of how things work, which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wouldn't be satisfied otherwise. Like that was a number that I felt like I could be satisfied with. So, um, you know, January 2018, I started kind of just throwing stuff out. I really wasn't sure what type of channel I was going to be at the moment. I thought I was buying a lot of tech lately. Maybe I'll do that. But I was also thinking some other things. Then I started doing a lot of research, tons of research. Like I would be watching the the YouTube growth channels, um, Roberto and Nick Newman and Brian G. Johnson, all these people just taking it all in and going to all of their live streams and watching every single minute of their live streams. And I mean, when I say every single minute, I, I legitimately mean that I would start a live stream. I may have to go to work at lunch. I'd watch part of it. I'd go back to the replay, watch part of that live stream and get home immediately watch Like I was watching hours a day, um, even while having a full-time job. And I did that for months, like every single day, Monday through Sunday, not a day off. I would just obsessively try to figure this stuff out. Um, and, uh, you know, started to kind of understand what, What was working, what wasn't, and what kind of things are true and what kind of things aren't true. Um, And as you start to do that, you know, people start to notice. And then, um, you know, about nine, seven or eight months in, um, you know, Jonathan Morrison, uh, you know, kind of heard of me and I I got to fly out there. So that was kind of cool. Hang out with a guy with 2 million subscribers. That was kind of cool because I remember reading on forums oh, don't worry about ever collaborating with big YouTubers. They'll never talk to you. They'll never talk to you. I remember threads reading that stuff. Oh, they'll never, so they'll never collab with you. Here I was seven months in at the studio of a 2.5 million subscriber channel. I'm like, okay, that's obviously not true. So then I started wondering what else wasn't true. Um, and what was, what was based on what people's experiences were and like what, versus what reality was. Anyway, nine months in, I hit 10,000. So I was happy about that. And then by the, the 12th month, I hit 20,000. That was a really, but it was, you know, I sacrificed a lot every time where I called in sick to work so mm-hmm. I can make videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was very obsessive. So Is that this yeah a full-time gig for you or not? Yeah, so between VidIQ and this it's that's all I do is all YouTube all time. Cuz of course VidIQ is, is
0: a nice link in is That is on the back of listening to a podcast of you on VidIQ is where mm-hmm. I first sent an email to you and it was going back a few weeks now I was going off to get my laundry and I heard you on there and I've got a, I want people to understand who listen to this that Travis is actually one of those few people that's genuine what he said on that podcast he actually stood up Behind And as you know, that's not always the case. Some people give it a lot of talk and then you reach out to them and they'll just slap you down. So I wrote Travis an email, listened to what he had to say. I tried to listen to everything you said about how to make it easy. And within 10 minutes, you were back to me and we arranged the interview. And it was like, wow, here I am with next to nothing, loving what I'm doing, completely lost, Mm -hmm. doing what you say, obsessing about it, which seems to be the way I think, isn't it? You have to love the platform. I think, and then I reached out to you and we arranged yeah. this and, you know, it's it's so fascinating hearing that you're doing all the things I'm doing now, living, breathing, watching, learning, and listening to those podcasts, those VIP podcasts that come out to me on a, a Thursday. Mm-hmm. There's so much information there. I play them back. I go out walking. All I'm doing is with my AirPods in, just listen, 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 making notes on the phone, right? Try this, try that. And you have to absorb into the platform, don't you?
1: Yeah. And the thing is, um, uh, this is a really good point because um there's a lot of times where I'd be in live streams where I heard the same thing a couple times, but I I would w- go back to them like Nick Niman's live streams. I mm. love Nick Niman's live streams. Mm-hmm. I still do. I still love Nick, and now I'm like a friend of Nick. Like this, it's kind of funny because the people that I was really look up to, Roberto, we talk fairly often. Like these people that I looked up to to help me grow are now like peers of mine, which is mm. kind of incredible. I like kind of get. I'm used to it now, but I mean, there was a time where I'm like, oh my god, pinching yourself, so you know. Yeah. Cause I, <clears throat> I spent so many hours with them in my house, watching their videos and then they're now, you know, a person I'm talking to. So you're hundred percent right. But the thing is, and the thing I always tell creators, especially creators who are first starting out is um, there's a balance and it's, it's better that you understand the balance earlier rather than later. And that is <clears throat> finding a balance between what you like to do, mm-hmm. what you are willing to do many times over, And what will keep you sane? Mm -hmm. And then there's another side where it's like, well, what works? So what uh, you have to answer yourself a couple of questions. Number one, what is your, what do you, what do you consider your level of success? It could mean anything. I remember there was once upon a time where I, I was like, all I need is a thousand views per video and I'll feel good. I won't have to worry about anything. Well, that's nothing now at this point. That's, that's a horrible failure. And I remember there was one time I was like, oh, man, I will forever for the rest of my life. 10,000 views per video. I'm good. Nope. Not anymore. It's a sliding scale of success as you move on. It's not not good enough a lot of the time. So if you can figure out in your mind, like what is something reasonable, by the way, reasonable, that is something that you would be happy with and then find the content that you like to actually make and that you'll do over and over and over again and not be tired of it then you will be very successful no matter what the numbers of the views say. Um, because you will, the interesting and cool thing about creating is that inevitably someone who will be impacted by your work will find you. And some of those things are the things that stay with you. So it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of talked to you as the
0: four year ago, you, and you, yeah. you're doing exactly all the things that I'm doing. Sorry. All the things that you've mentioned that they're trying to learn obsessively yeah. about it. Now, this, Mention the A word, the algorithm. So Many podcasts mm. I listen to, some say it exists. Others say, look, forget it. If you're passionate about what you're doing, if you try and improve mm. a little bit at a time, podcast or or video by video, you will begin to break. So do you live by the algorithm or do you... Because clearly you make content and we're talking in a, in a little bit. I know you're a busy man. I won't keep you for too long, but your, your channel's taking a brand new steer now, a very brave new steer. Yep. And I saw a yep. tweet of yours today saying, YouTube ain't going to know what to do with this. Now, right. so do you do you follow the algorithm slavishly? I'm guessing by the fact of what you're doing now, no. But you've got success behind you now, which does help, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, so I did. I'm trying to break away from it because it made me miserable for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that in my particular niche that work really well are things that I really don't want to do. I don't find them interesting to make, I I find them okay to watch. Mm -hmm. I don't find them interesting to make They're soul sucking in a way. And they really just take away from any kind of fun. The things I'm doing now are fun. Mm -hmm. Um, right now, uh, they're not working to a degree that, you know, I'm happy with, nor, uh, even a year ago, my performance was that, but I'm so much more creatively fulfilled and so much more happy in doing them. Now, would
0: that be – uh, so you, you've taken the brave decision to go a different direction. And you, even with the level of success that you've got now, do you think that there is a certain amount of, of – if this algorithm does indeed actually is a thing, if it is real, <laughs> that it doesn't know what – suddenly it, they were used to Travis putting out videos about Samsung, about iPhone, about tablets. Suddenly mm-hmm. you're doing mm-hmm. more interview-based almost. They're they're one-to-one. They're not talking head anymore, are they? They're an actual uh, – mm-hmm production so is it confused yeah. is it confused at the moment but as you say it's more
1: fulfilling yeah, so, for you to do i think the important thing to do when you think of quote the algorithm thing is like the algorithm is really the audience when it comes down mm-hmm. to it so um it's supposed to follow the audience and uh, i think there's the thing is that like the truth lies somewhere in the middle um youtube does make And it's not just one algorithm, it's multiple, but they, they make this thing to try to find what people want to watch more of, right. That I think is a universally true. It doesn't always hit, hit it though. And while, you know, and I've been on calls with YouTube producers and, and, and directors of different, uh, like the search and discovery team, which is basically the algorithm. And I've talked to these people, so I know, I know what they say. And I, and I believe that that's what their intention is. But every once in a while, I mean, it's it's like a computer, you know what I mean? Like it gets things wrong sometimes, but what it's trying to do is give the content to people who would like to enjoy it. Unfortunately, it doesn't always find those people. I am convinced a hundred percent. There's a large number of people who would like my content larger than what currently watch. They just haven't been found yet. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of tough because like I have a friend Leron, who um, I've known for many years now uh, and When I first started VidIQ, he was there and he had half the subscribers of me. Like, I think when I started, I had like 30,000 subscribers. He had like 15,000. One of his videos, uh, after being out for five and a half months, we didn't really hadn't hadn't done anything. All of a sudden, something happened and he got a million views in like two weeks. And then his subscribers took off. And now he's got like over 500,000 subscribers. So he's dwarfing me at this point. So these things can happen like that. But he had been doing YouTube for years, Mm. years, years before me even um so i feel like sometimes it takes longer and that's kind of my hope in this because this is the stuff that i really want to do it's it's better had i done this from the beginning but i wouldn't even have had the creative kind of mindset to even understand what i'm doing mm-hmm. now like mm-hmm. if i could go back in time for years ago and go, i'm going to do this type of content i would have been excited for it but i wouldn't have understood it until i, I went through all the it. other things that
0: yeah right yeah i mean even yeah. in the short time so, i have been making yeah. video i've learned that Everything comes in stages. What I can do now, I wouldn't have been able to do six months ago. And, and you do learn what you're ready for. And it kind of, the history prepares you for the future, I guess, doesn't it? Without wishing to sound like I'm coming out of some trite phrase. I think that is actually a truism. Oh, right. So, mm-hmm. and, and with you now then, with this new direct, I mean, obviously we've watched, Oh, I've watched the John Prosser one that you put out at the weekend. And I, I it's funny because mm-hmm. I think you and I just touched base when he was seen holding that pink tablet. And I kind yeah. of knew something yeah. was going on between you two. I didn't clearly yeah, yeah. know all the time. So you've decided mm-hmm. to go a much more, well, the one, sorry, without wishing to go around the houses, it was a tweet again I saw of yours and you said the problem with what you're doing at the moment is your videos are taking an awful long time to produce. So you're not yeah. necessarily putting out a video per week at the moment, although it's picking up now. Right. But they're long-term projects. Is that something that worries you? Yeah,
1: yeah to a degree because here's the problem with doing this sort of thing. So in order to get In order to to be uh, more broadly appealing, you need to do kind of do more broadly appealing topics. Uh, And like I said before, and this is important to understand that the things that generally work in my niche are not things I want to do. So if I wanted to just have general success, I could by doing these other things, which I don't like to do. The things that I want to do, because they're more creatively inspiring to me, take longer to do. So for example, this new series which i hope to release the first one tomorrow we'll have to see it really depends on what happens today um it's it's a matter of scheduling and then editing and editing is kind of interesting because while i like editing sometimes i don't i don't like editing when when it's kind of complicated so i was in california with um my podcast partner greg just like last week yeah yeah we were hanging out with um jonathan morrison and so i shot the the first episode of this series, but it's actually going to be posted the second. Um, and it was wildly complicated because I had myself, Greg, and Jonathan, and then another person, and then I was in another room with another camera angle, and then video streaming. Like it was super complicated. So I remember sitting down after everything was shot, and I looked at Jonathan. I go, "I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be good, but I'm over, I'm overly overwhelmed by like all the footage I have." He goes, well, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, because there's all these angles and all these things." And he just starts editing it, which was like an amazing <laughs> gift. So. The vast majority of it is edited, which is great because it takes a lot off of my, mm. my plate. Mm. So the problem with some of this is like, for example, I'm going to have to later today, I'm shooting the third episode of this thing. I've never done this before. I've never had a series I was going to start and have three of them shot before I had released one. Never done it before. It's a new idea because it's been that that John Prosser video should have been out two and a half weeks ago, um, but I just never got back from John. So um, I put that out just kind of as a temporary, hey, this was something I was working on, you know, hopefully this will hold you over. Um, but this time, because I'm going to have these done, it's a strategy I tell uh, YouTubers to do. I will be able to knock these out pretty quickly behind each other mm-hmm. so that if you get one and you like it, you don't forget about it three weeks later when I release sure. another one. I would like to have another one within two days and you go, oh, I like this one. Oh, I definitely want to watch that one and I want to get the momentum going. So the problem is, this is one of those things where you have to try a couple, you have to do it a couple times to see if it's even going to work. And, um, you know, scheduling is kind of weird and everything. And then if it doesn't work, you spend a whole bunch of time doing something that doesn't work, which is there, there's a lot of risk involved in this. Like I, I feel that it could catch, it should catch on because it's a really interesting idea, but there's a very big risk in that. I spend all this time and money on this, this thing and it doesn't work. And it performs more poorly than if I just talked about the latest Samsung phone for free.
0: Which I can understand the amount of years you've been doing it to carry on just talking about phone after phone after phone. It's just not creative. You say it's not ticking those boxes for you. Now, one of the weaknesses I would have thought of the series that you're embarking upon is 50% Mm -hmm. of it is dependent upon whoever you're working with. And if they turn out saying, well, something could crop up or they might just not be a particularly responsive person. They might not be the person you thought they were. Suddenly all this time is invested and you're waiting to get back to you. There's Mm -hmm. nothing coming. That's again, you're investing in people at this point, aren't you? Which is another risk, another element that comes into production.
1: Yes. And to be honest that that you're a hundred percent right in that, because I believe that the potential payoff is worth the risk because people are interesting. Mm. um and people are more interesting because they have a dynamic side to them they're they're it's not like a phone which is just, you know maybe you get software being changed but it's basically the same damn thing um you can give it one phone to three people and get three different opinions about it mm-hmm. you can give a piece of tech to one person and they'll say one thing and then give it to someone else and they'll say something completely different like those are the things that i i i want to use tech as like like a framing but the, it's really about people because i think Broadly speaking, people will be more interested, even if they're not interested in tech. So if you look at someone like MKBHD, there's a ton of people that watch him that are, that are mildly introduced or mildly interested in tech, but they're more interested in like his thoughts on certain things. So you'll see people who are subscribed to him that don't watch all of his, every single one of his videos, but will watch like the weird ones that he'll do from time Mm -hmm. to time. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I'm wanting to do, not an MKBHD thing, but I want you to be interested in coming to my channel to get my take on something.
0: And so I assume no you're going to be, right. begin looking at working with other creators. That's kind of the steer you're going, isn't it? You, you Obviously, you started this series late last year with trying to switch people mm-hmm. from Android to iPhone and vice versa. Now you mm-hmm. had this great idea. Again, I spend way too long on Twitter. I think that's coming over. I saw a tweet of yours before Christmas where you said, look, I'm thinking about working yeah. with creators now. So is that... Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, bringing in that human interest, because if it's somebody that we're enjoying anyway, we get to know them in, like, even watching John the other night, because he was off guard, he Mm. was more relaxed, it was a different process that we saw to the normal showman, wasn't it? And so that kind of edge, because of course, you've been in my chair interviewing. Half the skill that you've got with this is you're steering the person to get what you want out of them, aren't you? Yes. So do yes. you know these people well no, enough before you reach out, whether you can work <laughs> with them? Because you, sometimes, I've had it in interviews in the past with musicians. You know, I told you I had a background in music radio. And yeah. there's some, luckily not many. It was dead. There was just no personality. Yeah. They're great at what they do. But as soon as you start talking to me, you just think, oh no, this is going to be a long yeah. 40 minutes. So do you know these creators yeah. personally? Or are you just reaching out as many as you can?
1: That's a great question. So uh this is kind of one of my favorite uh I don't even want to call it a meme, it kind of is, is the uh, iceberg thing where mm-hmm. they show the very top and you see <clears throat> and it basically says, you know, you see the success of things, but you don't see all the work beforehand. And thankfully, when I was doing podcasting for a couple of years, and I was interviewing a lot of people. I mean, not just like mixed martial arts people, but like I interviewed MC Hammer, I interviewed Hal Sparks, I interviewed like people, right? So I, I kind of gained that skill uh, over a decade ago so that coming into this it's actually easier for me than just someone who's just trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. and it's a great question because it's i i try to pick people that either i know so the reason i did the thing i did with john the way i did with john because i knew it would be great like i knew before i even started like if i do this in a funny way it's gonna be much better than if i do it straight if i do it straight it's not going to be as interesting. It's the wrong person to do it to. You got to do it to someone who would be straight, like mm-hmm. you know, just, you're just going to mm-hmm. play it straight. Mm-hmm. um the, In the case of this new series, every episode has at least two creators on it, which is a, That's a scheduling nightmare. Oh, believe yeah. Yeah, I so. For the three it. videos, I'll have the six creators, one mm-hmm. of which I've never dealt with before. Which is today. I'm shooting that later today. I've never dealt with him before. He follows me on Twitter, but that's it really. Mm-hmm. I've met him once in person, but it was just a, Hey, how you doing? Whatever. That was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that case, the only thing I'm going by is his on-camera personality. And I think it's a good match for what we're doing. Um, everyone else I've known in some way or shape or form are, and have uh, worked with uh, at least in one video project before. Um, and I think that's important because it's for things that you need a little grace on. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, so please help me. You know, they're much more likely to be forgiving, right? So, um, yeah. And in, in the case, I'll even give you another, <laughs> another thing. So, when last time I was in California, not this past time, but the last time when I was with Austin Evans mm-hmm. uh, and I did the, uh, the, the video where I took him over to Donut Media. That's right. Um, that, yeah. So, I went, yeah. So, here's an interesting story about that. That isn't what was supposed to happen when I flew to California. The original plan for the entire trip was for me to go there, hang out with Austin's team, and then watch him do a mystery tech, which is one of my favorite series that he does. Um, that never happened. It didn't happen because while I was there, the, the first couple of days that we were there, Austin wasn't even there. He got a last second promotional thing he had to go do. So he was there for the last day and a half. So I had a decision to make. Like I went there to, to just have fun and everything and maybe shoot a video and do a collab or something, but it was just kind of this, this thing, like maybe, right? I decided to, to be selfless and do something that Austin would enjoy so that, because I already knew my time was going to be crunched versus what I really wanted, I decided to do something cool for him so that the next time I came or wanted something, he would be more likely to say yes, right? And that's what happened. So I knew he was into cars because so I talked to his producer. I was like, what does he like? He likes cars. I just happened to know one of the biggest car channels on YouTube. And they happen to be close to where he lives. Perfect. Right. So it all worked out. We took him he had a great time, whatever. Ironically um, just last week or whatever, when I was in California, I saw Austin and asked him to be a part of this new series. And it was an easy conversation. I he already knew who I was. He already knew, you know, cause we had spent some time and he already was happy to see like all these things that would have taken time. He mm. probably would have said yes anyway, but it was so much easier this time. Mm. It was so much easier to say, Hey, awesome, man. Good to see you again. Hey, listen, I got this great idea. Oh yeah, sure. No problem. Rather than, Oh yeah, tell me about it. Show me a thing. I'll let you know later. Like it was in the moment. Yes, because I've already established this kind of rapport um, with him by doing something nice for him. I sacrificed my, my own time there to do something else. And it just so happens to have paid off. I didn't do it knowing that it would be for this, but it just so happened to work out. So yeah, I mean, I think treat people like people and uh, you'd be surprised
0: what you get it's so true and I said I mentioned it early on you know the fact that you were the person that you seem to be because we it's very easy to have an online persona or personality but it's not until you speak to the man or the person or the creator that you know if they're actually able to back that up so the fact as you said you put yourself out for him done something selflessly that you just thought he might enjoy it's come back and when you do build relationships with people they often last for years down the line as well don't they
1: yes
0: 100% another interesting question I had because of course something that uh, resonates with me early on, as opposed to anything to do with radio, with YouTube. It is set there to be a career and to monetize. Now, with the stance and the, and the direction you're going with this new series, will you find it
1: harder to get sponsors? So I'm glad you asked that because literally, this new series costs me too much money per episode. <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, the funny thing about this is, is I, in order for it to last, I need sponsors, and of course. I hate doing sponsor content. I'll be honest, I don't like doing sponsored content. That's why you rarely see anything on my channel for sponsored content. Um, But I specifically shot the one in California to entice sponsors to be a part of the series because it's kind of an expensive series. So ironically, and I literally haven't told anyone this really, um, the second episode will be sponsored because I pitch it. I go, hey, you know, would you be interested in this? And um, they like they like what they saw. I, had a, I have a rough cut mm-hmm. and I sent it to them and they, they were like, oh, yeah, this is great. And it's a it's a brand I've worked with before. Um, so I, I actually went into it knowing that <clears throat> I would have to get sponsors for this if this is going to go any length of time. Um, and again, I don't like doing sponsor content at all. Uh, it just annoys me to, to death. I was going to but say, would you mind if I ask you why? You, you said, you know, you
0: don't like, and I, I, it's true. I've, I've seen very few sponsored videos and clearly they'd be falling over yeah. themselves to be with you. So what is it that you dislike about the concept of it?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, some companies I, I enjoyed working with, but for the most part, there's a couple of aspects. Number one, um, you know, it, it feels le- you. some of the companies let me be creative. So let me be clear. The ones I work with end up usually let me be creative with the type of content, but I don't like to be forced to make any particular type of content. Mm-hmm. So I don't like that. A, that's basically saying you have to talk about this thing. Eh, I don't really want to talk about that thing. And and then B <clears throat> getting payment sometimes can be a bit of a pain. Um, I, I don't like having to chase people down. Sometimes I forget, which mm-hmm. is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then timelines, like sometimes, and a lot of times I go, well, what type of videos is going to be on? Well, all the way up until recently, I had no idea. I was making videos the same day. I thought of the idea. Like I, I didn't have any kind of like, Oh, I'll pitch this idea to you. No, I, I was, you know, I was doing news hot takes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know until that day, I'll plop it in the middle, you know? So it's just that stuff. It's me being, um, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't like doing it. It just, it just annoys me, but it's a necessary evil. Like if I want to do this other kind of cooler, bigger, cradle, creative, creative stuff, I'm going to need to do more of it. And I've kind of started to, to tell myself, settle down. You want to do this really cool stuff, the stuff you're excited about, finally. You need to, you need to get some help with that. So, you know, we're going to try it on this, this next, um, not this first video, but the second video. Um, and then we'll see, we'll see what happens if they like it and they want to do more fine. If another brand wants to get involved, I think it'll be better because it'll make, I mean, I'll tell you here, it's a game show basically. So Which, I need, oh, so it ties in. yeah. 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 So I need, you know, products or me or whatever to be able to give away. So at the end of the day, um, you know, I I want to do bigger and better ideas and I, I'm not going to be able to do it myself. I mean, even Mr. Beast, the way kind of he he started out when he got one of his very first big sponsor checks, he put it into a video, uh, basically, you know, giving money to like homeless person, or whatever, which also blew up. And, you know, he famously uses, he says more money than he makes into videos. Um, and I'm okay doing stuff like that. Um so, I, but as long as I love the video, I, mm-hmm. I don't mind spending and losing money on a video. It's
0: coming through that you're really in love with the creating. That's where your heart is, isn't it? Recently, because it's you're back doing something that you're now really is something that really does
1: light your fire. It was at one point a, a job that I wasn't enjoying because the thing is, again, if you do things that work but you're no, you don't enjoy those things, then it's a pretty unenjoyable experience, because if it doesn't work for some reason, you're doing mm. this thing you don't already like to do, and then it doesn't get the views that you, you know, are normally, it's, it's double worse. It's depressing because mm. like, I'm not doing this thing that I don't want to do. that always works. And, and it didn't work. Now, I wish I had just done something that I'd like to do and get the I same views. It did work. Right? Yeah, so, sure. At least you had the enjoyment of making something with the bad net results. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this was
0: obviously, and it looked, watching your channel, because obviously I've kind of been watching you, uh, I would say, increasingly over the last two, two and a half years. And um, I think the first video I ever saw of yours, it was an outdoor video you shot where I think it was towards the end of a year and you were thanking, Mm -hmm. you were looking back retrospectively saying, I didn't expect this to happen. And that was the first yeah. time I, I bought into you because I think that's the thing. We all end up watching people that we think we like, don't we? It's, it is a people yeah. medium. And so there was something mm-hmm. about your delivery, the way you spoke. It just seemed, you know what, I, I could enjoy watching this guy. So let's see what else he puts out. Yeah. And so it, it's, a, it's a skill of then taking those people with you on this next stage of your journey, I guess, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, those are the end of year videos I always like doing. I did not do one last year. I actually fought myself over that. I wanted to do one. To end of year last year because I had a lot to say. I ended up not doing it, um, I, and I, but I fought with myself about it because I really wanted to do – because I always felt those as creative releases. I did like three of them, I think, mm. um, and I really enjoyed them. They never really performed well, but I, I, I didn't care because they were really more about what was going on, and I always really enjoyed doing them and enjoyed seeing the feedback. People really seemed um, to enjoy those and, and get a like a behind-the-scenes look. And I felt like last year, probably I probably should have. I kind of regret not doing last year. I will probably almost definitely do one this year because of all the things that are changing. And this year, I definitely want to go back and go, okay, this is what I thought at the beginning of the year. This is where we are. Hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that everything's awesome by the end of the year so I can go, I really was questioning myself, but look where I am now. Um, you're right. I I took those time. And really that comes from something that Sarah D. said a long time ago, which I think she called it a one for me, one for you. But I call it like two for them. Uh, one for me, which is you do, you do a couple of pieces of content that are going to work. Mm -hmm. Then you do one. that's just for you that you give yourself permission to not have as many views on or whatever, and be okay with it because everything about it is for you. And you need to do that because you're the engine Mm -hmm. without you, this thing falls apart. So you've got to keep yourself happy and sane. And if you can't keep yourself happy and sane, there's no point in doing the things that work because eventually you're just going to bring Then It's just a lower paying job. Because you're, the, you don't you're want the coal in you know, the engine,
0: aren't you? I suppose
1: that's what you're saying. And unless you really you've are. got that fire
0: and that enthusiasm is what comes through on screen. And, and it's kind of what you end up buying into with that person. Again, isn't it? It's their energy, their vibe, whatever it is about them, but it all comes from energy. And so that's what, and yeah. as you say, I think, you know, I'm so wet behind the ears and not been doing it for long, but what I do understand mm-hmm. is that it's a lot of hours spent by yourself. (laughs) And you're in a room by yourself, either looking at yourself, listening to yourself, editing yourself. And to keep that enthusiasm going day after day does take some work for sure, doesn't it?
1: You know, this is another great subject to talk about because you're 100% right. And most people don't realize that you might have thousands of people watching you, but you feel more alone than anything else. And the thing that brought me out that I found another level of this. It's actually really awesome as other creators and that um, when you get to hang out with other creators, there's nothing like it. So VidCon and VidSummit were the things that really opened my eyes to this. Um, you know, I went with VidIQ, and I was just like, okay, it's part of the job. So I'm just going to go. And they are so, well, Summit, more specifically was life-changing um, really in a lot of ways. And, you know, Greg had been my, my partner, Greg, uh you know, he lives in uh he lives he's, on the East Coast. I in New West York isn't he? <clears throat> Yeah, he lives in the New York area. And he was kind of, you know, he's kind of a hermit. <laughs> I, I joke, <laughs> he, he has friends, and stuff but he, he never really went out and hung out with anyone or did anything. So I kind of on you know, these last two California trips, I, I basically finally conjoled him and do I said, Listen, man, when you get around other creators, it's a different story. Mm. It has really brought him out of his shell. Like he is changing. Like, every time I see him, he's changing more. Yeah. And the thing is, is this last week when we were sitting there in in the studio and Jonathan Morrison had these incredibly talented musicians and they're making music in front of us. And to be a part of sitting there watching musicians make music from zero to a song is incredible. Like mm-hmm. the energy is like, mm-hmm. what is going on? And we sat there looking at each other like, oh, and it, it's funny because, you know, he's a guy who doesn't get excited about much, but we were on the plane texting each other and he was like, so when are we going back? And that's not like Greg, but it's because you get exposed to it that it's addicting. And uh, even you as a creator, like, I don't know if you have like meetups or something around you or um, are you in England? I'm in England. Yeah. 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 So, there may be so something in London on or... UK or something, I think every year or whatever, but I would highly encourage you to find those things because there's nothing like it. And okay. it will, it's, it's a little bit like, uh, I mean, it's a drug, but it's a good drug. It's mm-hmm. the one that that gets you feeling like, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, you know, other people feel this way. Oh, I feel there's a connection and an energy that you can't get from anyone else because much like probably anyone else in your life, they don't really understand what the hell you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're talking to them. Like, I don't get it. How do you make money? Of that, how does that work? What is that? Is that, and they don't get it. But when you talk to someone in person who gets it 100%, there's a, it's a connection that you can't, you can't verbalize. It's incredible. It's great.
0: It's I 100% amazing. understand what you mean, because even now I try to say, look, this is what I'm sitting doing. And that's why, why do yeah. that? And it's like, because, right. you, know, they, you know, so I understand what you're, you, the half the conversation is already done. If you're mixing with people that get it and understand it and buy into it, you're not trying to convince them that you're doing the right thing. They no. understand what you're doing. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very well aware that you're super busy. So I won't keep you on much longer, Travis. I appreciate all your time. Yeah. But just one quick question. I yeah. saw you on a tweet along with Gary, uh, I think yesterday, and you're both bemoaning mm-hmm. the fact that it's like 10 out of 10s. And if people haven't tried YouTube, <laughs> on our analytics, one of the first things you look at is, have no. you got a one out of 10? It's how your video is performing, 10 out of 10 being the worst yeah long short do you think youtube's going through an odd fight i've seen john was mentioning it to sam the other day and i saw you and gary do you think youtube is going through a period of transition i don't know if that's just with tech videos or generally
1: well for sure there was a downturn in tech uh i actually spoke to youtube directly on a conference call about because they were actually investigating it and i think it's um it's interesting because TikTok seems to be fine with it. Like mm-hmm. you, it, lots of people have tons of successful tech videos on TikTok, but YouTube seems to have a slight downturn, which is, again, another reason why I'm trying to do things that are not, that are tech because I still like tech, but more like broad ranging. And I, cause I kind of see the writing on the wall. It feels like that only certain, certain types of channels are going to do well. And then everything else is just going to be mediocre at best. So I'm like, Oh, let me get out of here before things get too bad. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny because YouTube, did the one through 10 thing to be helpful but it actually you know they've actually kind of changed and have tested other things because they realize it's messing people up mentally it's like making you feel like oh, i just put something out that's trash mm-hmm. um so they've actually tested a couple of other ways of showing it and i was in one of the betas and for whatever reason they they backed off of the beta the beta used to be that it didn't tell you what number you were it just said you know you're doing well average okay, or whatever. Yeah. but then yeah. they went back yeah so regardless um Yeah, I mean, I think YouTube is definitely obsessed with trying to make sure that creator um, well-being is is in the forefront. Mm. But there's things that they just don't really, I I feel like there's things that they don't have control over. Like, I don't think YouTube themselves, I don't know if there's very many people in YouTube that know how the algorithm actually works. Like, they have an idea, like what the principles are. But the thing is, is an AI at this point. It is smarter than any of the people programming it. It's doing things that they probably don't even understand. Which is kind of interesting, but frustrating because they can't tell us what's going on. Like sometimes we we'll go, well, why did this video not go anywhere? Like I literally was on a call and I said, look at these metrics. Why didn't this video go anywhere? And they don't have any answers. I'm like, uh. and, and the thing is, I see analytics of other channels all the time, like just about every day. So I know what good is, you know, quote, good yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But good doesn't necessarily mean the video is going to perform well. So, it, it is a very strange platform. Uh, of course, people want success on it because there's a lot of upside to it, but it's a very strange platform. Um, and It's always going to go through some sort of transition at some point, whether it's a niche that's mine or not. Um, that's going to just be constant. I think the thing is, is that you have, to, you have to evolve. You look at someone like PewDiePie, who's been around forever um, and uh, could have easily been one of those channels you just forgot about. I mean, he's still around. He's still doing pretty, pretty good. If you look at like a lot of channels that started with him, you don't even know where the hell they are anymore. They're gone. Like, where are they? Where are all those other channels that used to be big along with PewDiePie? They're gone. Um, well, and whether it's
0: because they fitting in with what you were yeah, saying right. about uh, needing to, uh, you know, obsess and getting and learn everything you can. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. that said, look, you need to invent because even the successful TV shows will only last six or seven seasons. Yep. You need to constantly, you know, just because it's successful once, I, they were quoting somebody saying, well, it was great a year ago and I'm doing the same thing. I said, That's exactly it. You're doing the same thing. Yeah.
1: And exactly I think that right. you
0: sometimes need to sit back and actually just look at the simplicity of what the the, the algorithm or, or what you're doing to achieve success. And when I made that analogy to a TV show, it's like, yeah, why would I want to watch the same TV show 10 years on? Characters need to exactly evolve, plots right. need to evolve camera work, whatever it is, you need to be looking at something different, don't you? So I guess, again, some of the takeaway from this is, and from what the energy that you've got at the moment is, you need to look within yourself and think, right, this is what I want to bring. I'm willing to take a chance yeah. and bring this through. And if I'm giving it my passion, that passion will come through and people will hopefully buy into what I'm trying to bring to the table.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the theory. And um, I think at this point, having done it the other way, <clears throat> you know, we'll see what happens. It's going to take a couple of months before I know for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I know that right now it's it's more fulfilling, but it is, it is a little worrisome. So, you know? well, well, how about this? How about
0: if I let you get on with your day now and then maybe, it, yeah. I don't know, three, four months down the line, we'll get in touch again and see how this series goes. We'll have a follow-up. Sure. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, of course. Travis, percent. Yeah, I really can't believe that I've reached out to you and you got back and we've had such a lovely chat. I'm, I'm made up. i would be going out on the podcast within the next few days and uh, I'll be watching your new series. If it goes out tomorrow, I'll be there. I'll be one on your metrics. <laughs> and I really yeah. appreciate you. I really appreciate your time with me this week. It's yeah. uh, been fantastic, Travis. No, thank this you so is much. great anytime you know a lot I'm, of fun
1: i really appreciate it
0: i love chatting with you i love chatting with you so travis all the very best with the new series i can feel your energy i know you've got lots to do so i'll let you get let you get on uh, creating with your day but thank you so much for your time cheers thank you so much i appreciate you fantastic thank you sir cheers there you go. That is Travis MCP. And I can honestly tell you what you see is what you get. The guy you see on the video is exactly the guy that you speak to for real. Travis, thank you so much for your time. I know I caught you just as you were about to begin editing and putting together the first video in your new series of game show videos, really. And it's great to see somebody having a nerve just to push things that little bit further. And it was a real good watch. If you haven't watched yet, go and take a look at the uh, game show video that Travis put up recently. I'll leave A link to that and to his Twitter details as well in the notes to this show. So that's it for the Minus 16 this time around. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. It might be Apple News. It might be another special guest. Who knows? All I'm saying is make sure you join me in two weeks' time for the next Minus 16. Thanks for joining me this time and take care.